Welcome back. Listen, this is another special episode of the Monetize Your Ministry podcast. So on September 25th of this year, 2023, we did the Monetize Your Ministry Summit. We had some amazing guests, six presenters who all brought it. Now, this time, what we're doing is we're taking their presentations and we're presenting it to you, our podcast listeners and viewers. And last week, we did Dr. Amber Wright. You got to go check out that. This week, we're sharing Pierre Quinn. Listen, Pierre Quinn blew my mind. The chat blew up. It almost broke the internet during his presentation during the Monetize Your Ministry Summit. And Pierre shared how you can take the things that are used inside of one arena and make a difference in the marketplace. And so you want to check out these next few minutes. It's only 23-minute episode that Pierre is going to share his wisdom. You got to check this out. Listen, next year, we're also doing another Monetize Your Ministry Summit. And I'd love to know who are some of the presenters you would like to have in that summit. So drop it in the comments, uh, DM me, message me. Tell me who are some of the presenters you want to hear in the next Monetize Your Ministry Summit. All right, listen, let's go check out this episode with Pierre Quinn. All right, let's bring up our next presenter. Um, amazing speaker, amazing coach, amazing leadership expert. Uh, Pierre Quinn is our next presenter. Let's invite him now to the stage for the Monetizing Ministry Summit. Pierre Quinn. Sir. How Glad you doing, to be here, man. man. I'm excited. I've been sitting in the back, taking <laughs> notes like crazy, trying to be in the chat. Like it's 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 been good today. It's been good, sir. Yes, sir. Listen, I'm gonna start you off with this question: Where in the world are you right now? <laughs> Inside joke. I get it. Right. Yeah. yeah, I'm at home, man. Laurel, Maryland. Laurel, stand up. I'm 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 chilling in the basement. Let me tell you why I'm asking Pierre that. And just as a background, Pierre is a speaker, a leadership coach, consultant, and ordained minister. And he focuses on helping others to assess their strengths, understand organizational culture, and foster relationships that lead to personal and professional transformation. I'm asking Pierre that because a couple of weeks ago he was in Kuwait. And I'm, I'm setting that up for a reason. Pierre, I mentioned, ordained minister and pastor. And now you're in Kuwait. Yeah, man. Teaching leadership. <laughs> so help us to understand just a little bit about what you're doing and how your ministry has moved into business spaces. Yeah. I mean, let's hop in the time machine a little bit and give you a piece of the backstory. You know, undergrad and graduate degree in communication. I was working in fundraising and development and, you know, undergrad, everybody was like, yo, just come to seminary with us during that time. You might've been one of those people too. And I was like, no, that's not for me. Eventually kind of circled back, ended up in theological seminary, got my old job back teaching, freshman communication courses, the end of my seminary experience, the chair of the communication department at my alma mater was like, um, stay here, we'll give you a job. And I was like, nope, <laughs> I went to seminary for three years. I'm gonna be somebody's pastor, yeah, like, yeah, somebody yeah. somewhere, I'm pastoring somewhere. And she said, okay, well, can you give us your final lecture, your philosophy of teaching and learning from your experience of, of teaching the freshman communication course? And I gave that talk and someone afterwards, they walked up, to, walked up to me with this question. Hey, have you ever thought about becoming a professional speaker? I had not at all. 
not at all. And they said, you should think about it because we feel like you have something here. Yeah. So I enter into pastoral ministry, like my first assignment in Kentucky, pastoring a small church. I enter in it, enter into it with a sense of duality. Like I'm here to pastor this church and lead this, this small congregation. And there's also something that my community has recognized and called out that I need to respond to as well. So they, they started really started at the same time and we've been bringing them to bear and, and really leveraging them off of each other for, for quite a few years now. I love it. So I feel like this is a relay, right? So Dr. Amber talked about getting your message, like clarifying, like who, what it is they struggle with and what you provide. And um, Athena just shared with us putting it into a book. And the reason I bring yeah. up a book is because yeah. I feel like that was your one of your first things that I saw you do to take your ministry out into the marketplace was through a book. So kind of talk about that and how you made some shifts to, as you said, not just be for this congregation, yeah. but move what I have into out into the, the marketplace. Man, I wish I had this summit how many years ago now that right. when I first started this idea of crafting your core message or your key message. And the core message or key message for me was that new leaders can have incredible impact. That was important for me because I, in sort of the denominational construct that we come from, I was labeled as a second career pastor, which means I didn't do an undergrad in, in religion or theology. I came to ministry after a, after another career. So I'm starting pastoral ministry at 30 30, 31 years old. And, you know, having worked professionally, having done all this schooling, and I enter into my congregational space, and I'm still viewed at, viewed as a kid. (laughs) (laughs) I got two kids, I have a wife, two kids, professional experience. I'm 30, 30, 31 years old. I'm still viewed at as viewed as a kid. And they're looking at my lack of pastoral experience. So my, my, my thinking is, Okay, how can I demonstrate that even though I'm new to this particular role, there's still enough for me to have incredible impact? And I started sort of journaling the same things that you heard in the summit so far. I started journaling and sharing thoughts around what does it mean to have impact as a new leader? And those coalesced into into a a a book, 99 pages or so of a, a a cobbled together. A, a terribly cobbled together off a shoestring budget of $200 book product. And that, that key collateral core message to key collateral, that Ooh. key collateral piece had unlocked so many doors that I'm, I'm still reaping the benefits of, of scrapping or scraping a few hundred dollars together and coming up with a book. Here, so I want to go a few ways with this. We're talking, this is the Monetize Your Ministry Summit. And someone might say, I don't know where my ministry is. I don't know what's my thing. And as I hear, I heard Athena's story, her Mm -hmm. Amber's story, I'm hearing your story. The common thread is you're finding this based on a struggle that you had as a leader. Like, I'm a young leader. I'm underestimated, whatever, or however, right? Put in this box. And so I needed help. So finding help for me helped me to find help for others. And let's talk to someone maybe on that connection between what your problem is and the problem that you will help other people solve. 
Man, there's so much here, right? So I, I would say first, the thing that we do is we minimize the thing that we're great at. Mm-hmm. The thing that comes easy for us, if you describe it as a skill because you've cultivated over over time, or if you describe it as a talent because you inherit it from your parents, or it's a gift because it doesn't have any any other origin except that it was just placed inside of you, quite often we minimize that thing. Because we do it so well, because it comes so natural naturally to us, we place a, a low amount of value on that thing. And in many cases, that's the thing. When we talk about monetizing your ministry, and I know you put it out on Facebook before, how do you define ministry? If you look up the word, the New Testament, the, the first usage, the greatest usage of the New Testament word of ministry is service. Mm-hmm. So the thing that you do that comes so easily, that comes so naturally, that is a service or benefit to other people in many cases is the area that you need to focus on. So let, let's go back to, to teaching again. Go ahead. I was I was teaching undergrad and undergrad courses and it was a struggle for me because of, you know, just kind of making the pivot to an educational environment. So I started trying to figure out what's the one thing I, I can do that will allow me to end my classes just well, even if I fumble through the lecture to keep <laughs> yeah, concepts. Yeah, yeah. How can I end the class well? And I started focusing on this idea of here's one last story. One last story where I take the concept and I wrap it in, inside of a, a short story or anecdote or something I saw in the in the news or on social media, and I would give that to my students. And I was teaching, I was teaching interpersonal communication. And what started to happen was inside of this struggle of trying to teach this class, what started to happen was at the end of class, like it's a three hour class at the end of class, every student sat up story time. Here we go. I was uh, after a couple of weeks, I was like, what is going on? Like people are checked out during the lecture. We're going through the materials. Why does everybody sit up at the end? And, and one of my students, um, he said, Oh, that's easy. We know you're going to hit us with that one last thing. Uh-huh. And we're looking forward to that one last story, that one last word, that one last perspective. He said, some of us just come to class for that final three, three to four minutes. That's what we're here for. Yeah. And I, and I started to say, okay, so there, there is an opportunity here of to craft a short message that leaves a lasting impact on on a handful of people, what else can I do with that besides uh, just just um, giving a lecture or even the closing story of a sermon, right? What else can I do besides land that here? And I, and I really started to work on that particular skill mm. of crafting a short, punchy message and, and, and allowing it to really resonate with people where they are in the moment. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Find your thing, but then you're working it. All right, Pierre. Yeah. Um, I I started with something, so yeah. you, people know that God has blessed you, and you're one yeah. of you're, you're you're now listed as one of the leadership speakers to watch. Like you, it's it's out there. Yeah. How do we get from what we talk about the small uh, church district to that? Give us some of the practical steps. Someone wants to know. How can I monetize as a speaker and as yeah. a presenter? How do we do that? 
Man, listen, I can't wait for the next summit because I know it's going to be a part two yeah. to, to some of this. I got to I got to demystify, uh, in a sense, some of the things that we go through contextually, people from a church background. And for a lot of us, not all of us, and if this doesn't apply to you, tuck it in your pocket and pass it along to somebody else that may need to hear it. For a lot of us, we grow, grow up in church environments that are not incubators of excellence. We're tolerant of heart. Mm. So because you can't sing that well, but you got a heart for singing. So we're going to let you sing. <laughs> You, you you can't really put a message together that well. Right. But you got a heart to give a word to God's people. So we'll give you, we yeah. will give you the platform and allow you to, to share from, from, from your heart. What that can do sometimes is convince you that that's where you're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Now that, and that's a very dangerous place because the marketplace does not respond to heart as much as it does to excellence with heart. Woo. Okay. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Somebody yeah. said say it louder for the for the folks <laughs> in the front. Say it for the, the marketplace for the does not respond to heart as much as it does excellence with heart. So what was happening, what was happening is that I was stepping into places and people were calling out, literally calling out. This was a good message and people at my job need to hear it. This is a good message and people at my, my community center need, need to hear it. And, th- and I had an option. Do I lean into, and Oz Guinness in his book, The Call, the first book that I read in, in seminary, says that the community that you are part of will call out your giftedness. Say that. It will speak to it. It will identify it. And I was under the assumption that my gift of storytelling and the ability to see things in a text and to put pieces together, I was, I was, I was nurtured in this idea that the only place for that is behind the pulpit. Mm-hmm. So when people start calling out, oh, you can you share a message here? Can you share a message there? There are parts of me that said this was wrong because it wasn't how I was shaped. Mm-hmm. It wasn't what I was used to. And then I started thinking about all the stories and I had so many stories that I wanted to share, but I started thinking about the, the one time Jesus is with his disciples and there's another group of people who are preaching and the disciples are like, well, they ain't with us. Yeah. Did we shut them down? And what if those who are not with us, what if, what if the designation of those individuals are the individuals who are not necessarily called to, to pulpits and large religious conferences and Bible studies, but you're called to be sought and light through a message of, through a message of, of relationships, through a message of fertility, through a message of publishing, through a message of team building. Leadership. That's your way to, of leadership. That's your way to be sought and light. In fact, I love how John Maxwell puts it. He said, my core message is Jesus. Leadership is just my hook. <laughs> So you come in for leadership, but you're going to get some Jesus. Yeah. And I yeah. learned just through, through, through time, some of my best leadership presentations, don't tell nobody, come on. I know your audience is going to share. Yeah. Some of my best leadership presentations are actually sermons that weren't that great. And I was able to repurpose them. Mm. And here's what I found. Just because you take chapter and verse and biblical reference out of it, doesn't mean that the Holy spirit has been removed from Ooh. it. So the same spirit that helps you craft a sermon 
is the same spirit that helps you craft a core message to your audience in the marketplace. And I love that. I love that. That Listen, somebody put some fire emojis, put a yes in the comments, put something in the comments for what we just heard there. Because when you said God's spirit works with you, when you're out in the marketplace, sharing on leadership, sharing on your core message, helping people get their money right, keep helping people with their parenting with, without chapter and verse, God's still there with you and he's moving with you. And I, I believe that wholeheartedly. Listen, y'all, let's get some questions for Pierre. We can't let you leave without peppering you with some questions. I have a question. How do I get to yeah. Kuwait? That's my question. <laughs> Yo, so here's the thing about Kuwait, right? And this is the thing that makes that makes communicating the marketplace slightly different than from a, a standardized ministry place. That We talked about this before. As, as a preacher, right? As a preacher, as a Bible teacher, you know, as, as an elder, as a leader, you it is it is socially a social faux pas to ask to speak mm -hmm. you cannot you it's a social faux pas if you ask somebody hey can i preach no hey can i share a message yeah. it's either gonna be no or there's gonna be some skeptic people gonna be skeptical yeah, you're yeah, not because yeah, yeah, yeah. if yeah. you're that this is the assumption if you're that good you don't have to ask mm -hmm. see in the marketplace it's different you we only know how good you are because of your willingness to share the impact that you can make. If you, if you're good, you will be found, but you have to position yourself to be found. Mm -hmm. So I was working with a social media coach and people were asking, Hey, if something is not my area of giftedness, what do I do? You invest, mm -hmm. you invest the money. I'll put it a different way. The lower your confidence, the more money you need to invest. Mm, that's good. Just yeah. The lower your confidence, the more money you need to invest. Working with a social media coach, we were working specifically on LinkedIn, and he challenged me. He said, my coach was Rob Youngblood. He said, mm -hmm. YB, he challenged me spe specifically. He said, if you're that good at teaching leadership, teach leadership live on LinkedIn. If, you're, if, you, if you believe that you're that good, if you believe that God has given you these messages, Teach live on LinkedIn. Hold on. Someone live. is asking the how. This is, I'm going to tell you, watching yeah. Pierre's story, this yeah. is his how. And I want you to talk about even when you first started, like the audience you had. So keep going because this oh, is your yeah. how. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, my coach challenged me to teach live on LinkedIn. And I was going live on LinkedIn. I called it Sunday Night Live. I was given 10 to 15 minute on a whiteboard, take a simple leadership concept and diagram it on a whiteboard and explain it. And I was getting five, six, 10 people watching. So you can't just stuff by numbers, especially if you're a believer. You, yeah. Number numbers never lie until they do. Yeah. <laughs> and we and we can and we can monetize a channel. We can yeah. buy bots and algorithms, but numbers, numbers do lie. Yeah. So I kept teaching, and then one day someone hopped into my DMs on LinkedIn. And they said, we see something here. Are you willing to partner with us? Well, I didn't know the people who were DMing me were the number one provider of custom executive education in the world. Mm. And the director of global educators just happened to be on LinkedIn and stumbled across one of my videos where only four people are watching. And she said, that's it. We need that. Fast forward three years later with that organization, I started January in Singapore and two weeks ago I was in Kuwait and 
I'll be back in Kuwait two weeks, <laughs> two weeks from now. Come on, man. Listen, do not despise the day of small beginnings. And and what, what that coach told you to do, if someone's asking the how, find yeah. a platform, get a message, begin sharing it. Begin sharing it. Begin sharing it. Spot, find a small audience, share it. Share it with that small audience like it's a thousand people. Because that's oh, when yeah. I would watch your Sunday Night Lives. I'm like, this guy is sharing this. This is great stuff. And he's not, he's not like holding back because it's not a lot of people. And I think that's for someone here. Like, don't hold back because who's watching, man? Give it, give what God gave you to whoever is there to hear it because you never know who's there. Listen, man, you, the, the so those are reps for me, right? Mm-hmm. As a, as a speaking professor, those are reps, two and three people, but it's also respecting the gift, respecting the calling as well. So people ask me, so how are you so comfortable in a room of 50? How are you so comfortable in a room of a couple of thousand? Well, when you practice in a room by yourself, <laughs> when you practice in front of a camera with three people, yes. when you practice in a small church with 25 people, you're able to leverage a, a, a wider audience because you're so comfortable with being alone with your gift and your creator and practicing your gift as an acknowledgement of your calling. Anybody he adds to the room after that is just a bonus blessing. Man, I love this. Listen, you know that whenever we get on here, we could talk yeah, all man. day long. Yeah, man. Listen, um, as I mentioned, there'll be other opportunities for you to, to, to work on what we're talking about here, and we'll share more about that so you have more access. Go ahead, Pierre. I got to answer this question, man, just real quick. Somebody asked, asked did I have to leave pastoral mm-hmm. ministry to share? Everybody's calling and path is not the same. And I'll, mm-hmm. I'll just, and I've shared this story with you, come on, a thousand times. The only reason why I left pastoral ministry is because it was a divine message. Wow. It was not my intent. Mm-hmm. I, they'd started together. They were going to continue together for the rest of my career. The guy was like, nah, I need you to do something else right now. So you're yeah. still, you're still church adjacent. I still maintain a healthy preaching calendar, but, but my congregations are boardrooms and conferences and classrooms literally around the world. Yeah. I want you to end on that. Then talk to us about the value that you are seeing in the last yeah. 30 seconds, yeah. how ministry is valued in the marketplace. Just talk to us about that. Listen, man, there are people who, who are never coming to your church. They're, they're never going to watch your live stream. They're never going to turn tune into your favorite preacher or to your, to your quote unquote traditional ministry, but spending time with you sitting in one of your sessions, sitting in one of your talks, sitting in one of your keynotes, they will feel They won't even know what it is. They won't know how the spirit is touching and connecting with them, but they will feel it in that moment. And I can tell you dozens and dozens of stories of people asking for prayer, asking for mentorship, asking for support, asking to be pastored, asking for a chaplain. I don't know quite what this is, but can I call and just talk to you about what's going on? They're asking for pastoral care and counseling because they've just had an experience with the Holy Spirit and they don't even know what to call it. And that, that for them has become their church experience. Pierre, uh, this was awesome. Uh, just give people your Instagram hashtag uh, or wherever they want them to follow you. Because I know Instagram, I mean, LinkedIn is your spot. So 
Tell yeah, me. I tell people the second best place to find me is on LinkedIn. I mean, that's how I got discovered in the corporate space. So LinkedIn, Pierre Quinn, it's not a lot of us out there. Uh, but if you're not on LinkedIn, hit me up on my website, Pierre C, Pierre C Quinn.com. Just put it in the Google and you'll see my face and click on it. I love it. Pierre, thank you so much, my friend. This was awesome. Y'all know this is awesome stuff, man. Um, Every, every speaker is like a relay race. And we're going to continue to build. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for how you are embodying what this whole platform is about and continue to manage. Just let God continue to use you and reach people for him.